Let's go! Tonight, I'm gonna have myself a real good time. I feel alive. And the world, I'm turning inside out. Floating around in ecstasy. So don't stop. What's going on, boys and girls? It's your friendly neighborhood, Ginger, the one and the only patio. We are rocking up to some motherfucking Freddie Mercury Queen shit right now. Here's something you don't know about me. I did a ballet performance to the song. <laughs> it was a modern jazz or some type of class like that in college. Uh, yeah. It was an easy credit, guys. Don't roll your fucking eyes at me, okay? We were allowed to not wear leotards. We could just wear gym shorts if we wanted to. But this song bangs. I'm having such a good time. I'm having a ball. Like, how did anyone not know he was gay? You can't have a good time, have a ball without being super gay. Come on. Oh boy. Well, it's not Earworm Wednesday, but it is Monday. It's good to be back. Holy shit. What a weekend. What a fucking weekend we had there, guys. NFL is back, baby. What a day. I hope that you guys... Position yourself firmly on that couch and you didn't do a God-blessed thing all fucking day. Out here in Los Angeles, we get the days, or the, the games, they start at 10 a.m. So it literally is. I wake up, I walk the puppies, I make myself a little breakfast, and bam, that, that two hours is gone. It's game time. Especially on opening day, it's a fucking national holiday. Or at least it should be. If you didn't get the opportunity to sit in front of your television yesterday... And not do anything besides watch your favorite team. Or even if you don't like football. To just sit there and veg out for like eight fucking hours. And then do it again tonight for two back-to-back games. Holy shit. In fact, your boy out here on the West Coast just remember that the games might be starting right now. Let's do a little live interaction here. We're going to turn on a television set. Don't worry, I'm not going to watch the game. But I'm going to have it on in the background. Because that is interactive podcasting, guys. That's what you come here for. This is fucking award-winning shit here that we're doing, all right? Don't second-guess me. You know it's true. You don't get this experience anywhere else. You tell me who else you listen to that does this shit. No one. That's right. Oh, shit, the game is on. 11 minutes in the first quarter there. Big Ben Roethlisberger, who we will not say anything negative about because he said very nice things about Tom Brady a couple weeks ago. I know you don't come here for football. But, guys, here's how I spent my day yesterday. You know me. Big-ass football fan. Biggest football fan there could be. I fucking love the shit. I get up for it. I play it in college. I'm all about it. And I am just so excited. I've got my beer set up. I've got my pizza. It's, it's on its way. I've got a buddy coming over to watch the games with me. The fuck it, Everyone's out of the house. The dogs have been walked. They're all tired. They're sleepy. I've got a perfect setup. My computer's on. Oh. As you can see, they're not rested today because they spent all day yesterday watching football with me. So yesterday, I'm sitting there. I'm watching my favorite favorite thing in the world and wouldn't you know it the fucking dust of altadena california has infiltrated your boy sinuses and just taken it over it powered me down to the point where i was a mouth breather i no longer had a nose it and if i did there was nothing happening it it wasn't serving any function i couldn't 
breathe out of it. I couldn't smell out of it. Nothing. Nada. Not even one iota of the things that this fucking nose is supposed to be doing. So here I am, mouth breathing. And you know when you mouth breathe, you get real dry. Your throat is all sore. You can't fucking taste anything. You can't barely eat. And you know the thing you can't really do at all when your fucking nose is all clogged up? You can't drink. Do you ever realize how much you breathe through your nose when you drink? It's preposterous. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's like I was waterboarding myself the entire fucking day. Like I'm trying to have a beverage and my throat is parched. I need, even if it's not an alcoholic beverage, I need some water. I'm fucking in the middle of a desert here in Los Angeles. I'm shouting at the television screen, rooting for guys that I've put money on. But no, I'm like coming close to death, just rooting for football. I think that's probably most of the case, you know, in middle America. You got uh, oversized gentlemen, gentle ladies, and uh, they're screaming at TV. Their blood pressure's rising, and then they're going to die like that. No, no I'm just going to die of suffocation. It was unbelievable. It's the fucking worst. Clogged up my pipes. So I had to wait. I wasn't going to leave the house. I had to wait until all the games were over to then go find a remedy to this problem. And I know you're sitting there thinking, if you have allergies, you should have allergy medication in the house. Oh, my friends, I do. But it wasn't powerful enough. It, it was like cement blockades in my sinuses that these allergy medications had no answer for. There was no jackhammer in my tool, my, my allergy tool arsenal, you know? So there was a neti pot. I, you know, I looked through the closet. You have your medicine cabinet there. I looked through. I said, all right, what do we got here? Give me like a hundred pills. I'll take some of those. Give me a breathe right strip. Ooh, a neti pot. Guys, what the fuck is a neti pot? I was instructed on how to use it by my brother's girlfriend. You put like a, some salt water in there. It's got to be warm. You don't want a chilly nose. And you dump it in one nostril and it's supposed to, you know, get out all the superfluous nasty in your fucking head. And then it drips out the other side. Well, guys, here's what happened to your boy, old P.O., on his favorite day of the year. I make, I make up this concoction, get everything going, and I dump this son of a bitch in one nostril. And it doesn't go anywhere. That's how fucking backed up I am. It doesn't go anywhere. It's just sitting in there, hanging out. And then all of a sudden, I start going, I'm drowning myself at this point. I'm literally drowning myself because instead of going down through the other nostril, it's coming back up my throat. I don't know how all that shit is connected, but it fucking is. Ooh, fight on the sideline in the Redskins. This is going to be great. And I always wanted to uh, commentate a fight, but cooler heads prevailed there, unfortunately. <laughs> you ever been in a fight? Man, if you've never been in a fight, you've never really known what adrenaline is in your body and what it does to you and how long it affects you for. It is a miracle drug, adrenaline. Like, you get it if you drive fast or if you're in a car accident, uh, and hopefully you're okay, you survived. Or, you know, when you, you meet that right person, and your skin touches their skin, and th there's that spark, and the endorphins fire off in your brain, a little bit of that is ad adrenaline. Or if you're ever spooked, you're like, oh, what was that? That's adrenaline, because you're getting ready to fight or flight. But until you get punched in the head, you don't really know what adrenaline is, I'm telling you. There's some type of sensor in your brain. That when you get punched in the face, you get super adrenalinized. They, they just release it all. 
They're like, take it all. You're going to fucking need it because you just got punched in the fucking head. We weren't expecting you to get punched in the fucking head. We were hoping that over the course of your life, you had learned to defend yourself. You made it this far. What the fuck is wrong with you? Give them all the adrenaline. And then let's say, you know, there's no winners and losers when there's fights. Let's all try to refrain from physical violence. But you walk away from this situation. You are now on the best cocaine in the world. You are hyped up. Like, bada bing, bada boom, let's fucking do something. I want to, I need to burn this off. And that shit stays with you for at least like eight hours. If you could just get in a fight at the beginning of your work shift, you'd be happy. You would be totally fucking happy. You'd be psyched. Just punch me right in the face as soon as I walk into work and I'll be the best employee you've ever had in your entire time there. Fuck, man. I could have used some of that adrenaline yesterday. I bet the adrenaline would have cleared my nose up right away. You know what I did instead? I took myself uh, red pepper flakes and I dumped it. Like I fucking dumped it, guys, on top of a pizza slice. And uh, because the neti pot obviously didn't work, I just managed to drown myself um, in front of my kitchen sink. That was fun. It was like waterboarding myself on my favorite day of the year. So instead, red pepper flake on some pizza and I just let that burn into my the back of my throat. And for a minute, I was like, oh, I can breathe. I can breathe again. So I just kept eating pizza. Um, but like I said, I wasn't – like it was hard to eat. It was still a struggle to eat because then your nose is like fucking dripping and you're trying to watch football. You're still trying to have a good time. And you're like, oh, shit, I can fucking breathe again. Maybe I should have a drink. But you're like, no, I'm more hungry. That's more important to survive. It was a fight for survival, guys. It really was. But you could only do one or two slices of – Red pepper flake pizza before you're like, all right, this is getting preposterous. So I did that, breathed for a couple seconds, and then I went down to the store. Went down to the store to get the best medication they had. I said, what's the highest milligram that you have here for allergy medication? Give me that. And also give me the stuff you spray. Give me the stuff you put in your eyes. Uh, if there's anything like you could inject into my skin, I would take that. Just give me all of the allergy medication, please. And I also got a new toothbrush. <laughs> it was just time. It, it, there's no correlation to the toothbrush and the story. But I was at the store. And you know when you're at the store, you always forget the shit you need? But on this one rare instance, I remembered, oh, I need a toothbrush. You know what I forgot I needed? Fucking dryer sheets. <sighs> and today is laundry day. Guys, I'm wearing swim trunks right now. What the fuck is wrong with me? And they're not like normal swim trunks. They're like bright neon fucking colored Swim trunks, like pastel. These are my Easter swim trunks. <laughs> I have gone out in public wearing this today. I'm not a normal human being. I'm really not. But that's how you know it's laundry day. You see people walking down the street in just very odd clothing. Maybe they're a strange person, but most likely they just are doing laundry that day. And isn't it the worst? Like, have you ever done coin laundry? God, I used to do coin laundry. That's the fucking worst. And then you're in your weird outfit in front of all these other people in their weird outfits. And then invariably, someone's going to try and fucking talk to you at the laundromat. It's like, no, didn't you see? I've got my headphones and my fucking sunglasses in. I don't want to interact with human beings right now. Go away. I don't want to be seen. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's how I realized if I was getting a new apartment or a house, I had to have a washing machine. Just, just because the human interaction alone. No, thank you. And the quarters. Who fucking holds on to that many quarters nowadays? I'd have to fish it out of my vacation fund. I don't want to do that. Why can't you just take my card? That's how you know that you're a poor person. If you do coin laundry, that doesn't take 
like your card. If you go to a coin play, uh, a, a, a non-coin operated laundry place where like they take a fucking chipped card or something, you're living the high life, my friend. Maybe your apartment complex is super fancy, but you're a rich person in my brain, just so you know that. Even if you like can put your credit card into a parking meter, I think you're a fancy. You're, you're a fancy person. You're rich. I keep coins in my car just because I know I'm poor. Just in case. Like I still have, I have a washer dryer now and I've got some, a load of laundry in there. Don't think I don't. But I always have the coins in my car because I know deep down I'm still a poor person. I really am. It is. Oh, it's true, guys. Don't think it's not true. <laughs> Fucking not a normal person. Hey, guys, I got a question for you. Uh, swig a beer for your boy because his allergy medication is working. Thank goodness. And I can breathe. Why do you stay at jobs? Why do we do that? Like it's human beings. I've never met a person who didn't complain like kind of about their job. Is it your word? Like you give a guy your word, like you sign a contract. Nope. I'm going to be here for X, Y, Z months. And, uh, I can't break that word. A man is only as good as his word. A word is his bond. So I was always taught. Or are you just being a good human? Like, no, no, I can't leave them because they'll be screwed. You know, I don't want to sound egotistical, but I'm kind of irreplaceable and I'd want to train a replacement and, you know, what? Why? Why? We suffer through misery at fucking work. And for what? For fucking what? What's the payoff? You get a fucking minimal paycheck every two weeks? That's some bullshit. You don't feel fucking obligated to anybody. That is some horse radish shit. Suffer through misery. Really do. Even in relationships. Relationships and jobs are so closely correlated that it's spooky. It really is spooky. We're getting close to October, so I'm going to keep saying spooky. (laughs) I don't know why I say it like that. It makes me spooky. You're the spooky one. I don't know why you're saying it like that. Oh, man. Fuck. Even our boy, our boy out there in Indonesia, he's 140. He won't even die because he's so stubborn. He's like, nah, no, no. I gave my word. I was gonna, I was gonna do this job until I was 150. So I can't die. I'm not allowed. I guarantee you, that guy's got a boss, and that boss rides his ass so bad. Ugh. Poor guy. Can you imagine if he retired at like 60? He's he's lived more of his life in retirement. Then out of it. Let's, let's say in Indonesia, you start working when you're 10. This guy retires at 60. He worked for 50 years. He lived for another 50 years. <laughs> My man, doing it right. Holy shit. Or he didn't retire. Maybe that's the key. You have to kind of be miserable, just miserable enough to keep that edge. It's kind of like the adrenaline, you know, where if you have that little bit of adrenaline in you, you can keep going. You, can, you know, fight the good fight. Keep going, keep going. And if you're at work and you have that hate in your heart, you're like, oh, I fucking hate everyone. That's going to keep you motivated. It's going to keep you driving to get out of there. Don't you do that too? You always keep your eye on the exit sign. If you don't know where the exit sign is at your work, then you like your job. Congratulations. You can probably skip this entire podcast. <laughs> but if you do know where the exit sign is at work, you're a normal person and you hate your job and you're miserable. And why do you do it? You're just stubborn, aren't you? You stay there because you're stubborn and because you need money. I understand that. And change sucks. It really is the worst. I don't want to have to go to a new place and train 
and see what they're doing different from my job and have to climb that corporate ladder again. I'm going to be at the bottom of the totem pole. You know, there's this hierarchy. Here, I've got it okay. Yeah, I hate it, but it's a job. It pays the bills. It keeps the lights turned on. Fuck that shit, guys. You know what's hot in the streets right now? A fucking sabbatical. A God-blessed sabbatical. Yeah, you thought it was just for teachers. College professors take a fucking sabbatical, and they, let's say they're a history teacher, and they're like, you know what? I need to go to ancient Rome. I got to go see the Pantheon. I've never seen that, and I feel like I'm letting my students down. I got to go do that. I got to get more cultured so that I can then, you know, bring this back to the kids. It's always for the kids. Teachers are the only one who could take a sabbatical. Not anymore, baby. It is hot in the streets to take a motherfucking sabbatical. Any job. You pick a job, you can do it. Because even the low-end jobs, you take a sabbatical, guess what? Let's say you mop floors at McDonald's. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. But you want to take a fucking year off. Guess what? When you come back, you can still mop floors at McDonald's. It ain't going to be a problem. In fact, they're, they're probably going to be like, you know what? You are too cultured now. You're not allowed to do that. You, in your time off, you've learned a new skill. Maybe you just sat around like a lump on a log. I don't know what you did on your sabbatical. But you're not allowed to work here anymore because that is some cool-ass shit. You're too innovative. What would you guys do on your sabbatical? What would you do? Would you just sit around like a lump on a log? I don't think you would. You'd probably travel. You'd take this time to use your youthful body. You know, anything before 70, you still got, you know, that vigor in your step. Shit, there's a guy who's 140 years old. He probably took a sabbatical a few years ago. (laughs) He's like, well, shit, I better do it while I'm young. (laughs) Would you just party your face off? Would you be one of those delinquents? I think you guys are all lying to yourselves. But please tell me what you would do. The Patio on Twitter. T-H-E-P-A-D-D-Y-O-H. Tell me what you do on your sabbatical. I don't think you would party for a full straight year. You wouldn't sit like a lump on a log for a full straight year. You probably wouldn't even travel for a full year. Instead, you'd eventually want to do something, anything. And that's what a job is, isn't it? It's something to occupy our time. We always complain when we're at work, like, oh, man, I just wish I was at home. And then when you get home after work, you just sit there and, you know, you watch TV or you make yourself some food. You hang out with your dogs. You do whatever you do on your time off. Interception by the Redskins. Oh, Jesus, do I smell an upset coming? We will see over the course of this podcast. Yeah, right. I'm not going to fucking do this podcast for three hours. You'll just, we'll talk about it tomorrow. We'll know the outcome by then. <laughs> so, hot in the streets, sabbaticals, what would you do? You'd want to do something eventually. You can't just sit around and do nothing. Guys, I started this podcast when I was in between jobs. I said to myself, I hate just sitting around. I don't want to just get drunk every night. I don't want to be a, a slob. I want to do something. I want to create. I want to interact with other people. I want to fucking entertain. I want to make some people laugh. Or I want to make some people hate me and just yell into their earbuds. Why is he still talking about sabbaticals? I don't get it. Jerry Seinfeld, what are you doing here? What's the deal with sabbaticals? What would you do? What's your fucking passion? And that's why it's hot in the streets right now, guys, is because an employer realizes, or at least good ones do, that you're only as good as your passion the thing that you can really devote yourself to, the thing that you can do forever. When you find a job that isn't work, you don't work a day in your life. You've all heard this. Do what you're fucking passionate about. So there's this guy. His name is Winston Chen. This motherfucker, 
he just said, you know what, I'm out. He was in the corporate world for like 11 years. He just said, I'm fucking out. And he moved to a small island town in Arctic Norway. And he got this quote for you. I'm going to pass it on to you guys. It's fantastic. You got to create the urgency for the life you want. Sounds like a college football coach right there, doesn't it? You got to create the urgency for the life you want. Fucking A, right you do. Shit yeah, bro. You go, you take a year off and you figure out what is it that lights the fire under your ass? What really gets your gears going, huh? Maybe you like talking into a microphone to people halfway around the world. I'm going to do my uh, my shout-out to France now. What up, Frenchies? How the fuck are you doing? Bonjour, bitches. <laughs> I love you, Frenchies. Oh, man. You got to find it. got to find it. You know what I'm passionate about? Uh... Neither do I. Uh, I haven't figured it out yet, so I'm going to take a sabbatical. I'm going to take a year off the podcast. I'm just kidding. Calm down, guys. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. You know what the the worst part about it is, though? You need fucking money to take a sabbatical. <laughs> and you guys probably have been thinking that for 20 minutes already. You're like, yeah, this is a really fucking great idea. Nice pipe dream there, Pat. I don't have money to just go to Rome for a fucking month and then come back and still not have a job. I get that. I really do. That's why they offer those things in college where you can go overseas and go fucking study abroad. Maybe you get a job over there. I had a cousin who was like a fucking sheep herder, guys. He went to New Zealand and stayed there for like three fucking years. Didn't even come back. He's like, no, this is dope as shit. I like fucking farm animals now. That's my thing. <laughs> guys, guys, did you know that it's a stereotype all across the world? That Americans fuck animals. I'm going to let that sick in. Just for you. Americans fuck animals apparently. To everyone else. There's 300 million people in this country. And apparently we all have fucking bestiality in our veins. Come on. That's a thing. I just found this out. It's a thing. Unfucking believable Can't catch a break. Yeah, we're dumb. Yeah, we're obese. But we don't fuck animals, okay? That's your guys' thing in other parts of the world. Uh, a little pause for the cause there. Although, I'm sure, I'm sure there's some bestiality going on out there. Don't do it, guys. Come on. Don't do it. There's so many other fucking avenues. You can do anything. Have you? Oh, I got this. Have you seen this Instagram model? Her name is uh, Miguela. Miguela. M-I-G-U-E-L-A. And there's a controversy. People are like, wait, she's not real. That's not a real human being because the images of her... Look like CGI. She looks like a fucking model and a sim had a baby and then this girl popped out. And so people are all losing their minds. They're like, wait, is she real? Because if she's real, I want to fuck her. Is she fake? Because if she's fake, I want to fuck her. And that's the whole, that's my whole point on this whole thing, guys. Don't fuck an animal. Fuck a fake Instagram model. That's what you want to do. Okay? You don't need to go stick your dick in a sheep. Don't be doing that. Ain't nobody got time for that. The sheep's not having a good time. You're not having a good time. There's no way you're sleeping at night. But if you get yourself a fucking sex doll, then uh, there you go. You're going to be happier than if you fucked a sheep. Speaking of which, and I was going to do this at the end of the podcast, but it just fits in so nicely here. And you are not going to believe where I'm going with this. This is my 9-11 tribute. Jesus Christ! Um... Obviously, yesterday was uh, the 15-year anniversary of 9-11. So, 
in all sincerity. Thank you to all the first responders, everybody who was fucking there that day. Our heart goes out to you. 3,000 people we lost. Terrorism fucking sucks. They're the devil. They're the worst people in the world. It's the darkest hour for American tragedy. Never want to relive it. I know you guys know exactly where you were. In fact, you know what's crazy to me? Is that this is 2001 that we're talking about that. So there are kids, freshmen in high school right now, maybe even sophomores, who weren't alive during 9-11. That they don't know where they were. You know, even if they're a junior or senior, they weren't old enough to remember the sincerity, the severity, I should say, rather, of that day, that momentous occasion. Man, that's nuts to me. Because vividly, I remember everything about that day. I remember it was a Tuesday. I remember that it was a nice, beautiful day. I was on the East Coast. I can tell you the class I was in when I found out. I can tell you uh, in between classes who I talked to and what happened when the we all turned on the TVs and we watched live as that second plane uh, hit the tower. It's just absolutely crazy, 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 crazy uh, how memory works in that way. Because I've got a shit memory, but I remember that vividly. And I always will remember it, and we always should remember it. The old never forget. But if you didn't experience it, how do you not forget it? You know, you get to see it on these uh, news broadcasts. You see uh, the highlights and everything. But the impact of that day in live time was just something none of us will ever remember. Or ever forget, I should say. Much like uh, the Kennedy assassination for the generation before. So we definitely do need to remember as much as it sucks fucking talking about it. Ugh, terrible. You're saying, Patio, how did we get here? I'm, I'm, don't worry, loyal listeners. I will never lead you astray. I will always bring it back to the through line of the podcast. Don't worry. <laughs> so these twats, these fucking dickbags from Britain are on a bachelor party, or as they call it over there, a stag party. Right, baby, yeah. They're on a stag party at, um, in New York. And they said, you know what would be a great thing that we did? We should go down to the Water Fountain Memorial where the towers once stood and we should bring an inflatable fuck doll and we should take selfies with it. That would be fucking hilarious. Now, these guys are obviously the scum, filth of the earth. They're the worst. They're the worst people. Like the only people worse than them are the ones who flew the fucking planes into the towers. And I don't want to give them a free pass here. But they were on a bachelor party. They were obviously wasted from the night before. They're probably still on blow. They probably haven't slept at all. This guy's about to get married. Idiot. And uh, they just wanted to do something silly. And they didn't realize how fucking important that day and that space is to us. Here's my problem with this whole situation. Why weren't they beaten? Why weren't they, you know, quartered? That's what we used to do, right? We used to put people in the, the shackles and then throw fruit at them. Why couldn't we have done that? Get me a head of lettuce. I will pinpoint that guy's fucking nose and I'll break it with an iceberg. Oh, you know, give me a rotten tomato. Hit that guy right in the temple. Just, you know, shackle him up just for a couple minutes. Let everybody get their shots in and then go, all right, now you guys got to leave the fucking country because that was the worst shit you could have fucking done. Yeah, I mean, that's worse than taking a shit on the front doorstep of the White House. Come on, guys. It's not fucking cool at all. When you come up, I've said it before. When you go to another place, just be respectful. Don't be a dick. Be polite. One time, show me some class. You do this on the 10th or the 
12th of September, it's probably not that big a deal. We're still going to be like, dude, that was fucking classless. But when you do it on 9-11, come on! The fuck out of here with that shit, you fucking twats. Yeah, I'm using their own word against them. I'm, I'm doing that. That's how I fucking do it. Guys, I've got great news. After that bad news, I want to give you some really, really good news. Working out has been proven to beat boozing. Oh, it's true. Guys, I read an article. It said, you know what? Let me pull it up. Let me see if I can find this article again real quick. Because I don't have the words. I'm not a smart man. Here we go. You might want to chase that next beer with a little exercise. Exercising the recommended amount cancels out the higher risk of cancer death brought about by drinking, a new study revealed. Similarly, physical activity lessened any greater risk of death resulting from any cause due to alcohol. Holy shit! So you're telling me, if I want to have a couple brewskis, I want to have a shot of vodka, I want to have a margarita or a glass of wine, all I got to do is some push-ups, some pull-ups, some crunches, and I'm good to go. Big Ben just fumbled the ball, the Redskins recovered it, and they're going to be up three scores. Holy moly ravioli. So, this is going to be a very timely uh, podcast, guys. You're always going to remember where you were when you watched the Redskins-Steelers game, aren't you? <laughs> all you got to do... When you drink your, uh, your brews, the next day, have a little workout. You go into the sauna, you sweat that shit out, you get on the treadmill for a couple minutes, you pump some iron, and bam, no cancer. Those are the rules. Science said. And if there's one thing I know, it's to trust science. <laughs> what they say goes. How do they, this is one of those things, though. How do they test that? Because you know how they always test it in, like, lab rats? Did they, like, get lab rats drunk? And then run them on the little mouse wheel. They make the little rats pump iron a little bit. Come out all like hung over but jacked. Go back into the, uh, you know, the little rat pen that, where they keep them. And they're hanging out with the lady rats. They're like, oh, have you been lifting? Yeah, you know. I, you know me. I like to party. But I got, I got to get it in where I can. Got to hit the gym up. So, guys, I went to the uh, dog park today. The old dog park there. Because I wanted to get out of the house, guys. My nose wasn't feeling great. I wanted to take my dogs to the dog park. And I don't know if I've told you this, but I have a very inclusive household. Okay? Anything goes here. I don't judge anyone. But it has come to my attention that my dog is a big-time homosexual. Like, super big-time homosexual. He only interacts with the boy dogs. Like, if he sees a girl dog, not interested at all. But if he sees a dog with a big dick, he will try to hump it. As you may know, my dog is a little guy. He's 15 pounds. He's a little Dachshund Jack Russell mix. And he will always find the biggest dog at the dog bark, get on his hind legs, and hump the ribs. He doesn't know what he's doing. He has never had sex before. This poor guy, I feel so bad for him. So I just let him do it. Unless the owner, you know, is getting real pissed off about it. Like, how dare you hump his rib cage? That's so mean. Oh my gosh, it's gross. Like, all right, calm down. We're just having a little... They're just dicking around like little doggies, okay? Let him do it. You know? He doesn't get much. Let him have it. <laughs> poor guy. My poor little guy. He's the gayest dog that ever was and ever will be. And here I have him living with two female cats, one female dog, and me. And I'm not doing anything for him. I think he knows that I'm, an, I'm not a canine. So he's like, hey, I'm, bro, I'm just not that into you. And I'm like, good, I'm American, but I'm not that American that I want to have sex with you. So this works out for both of us, you know? <laughs> 
Ew, disgusting. I had no idea we were going to get into the bestiality today, guys. But I learned it, so now you learned it. Don't fuck animals. That is the thing we're, t- we're all going to take away from this podcast today. Oh, man. Your boy has another crazy week. I'm going to try and get through it, guys. And then maybe at the end of the week, I take a sabbatical. And I go out there and find my true passion. Maybe my true passion is singing Queen over a podcast. It's very possible. Until tomorrow, we're going to take a little time out. I will talk to you motherfuckers then. I hope you had a great weekend. I hope you enjoyed the NFL. And if you didn't enjoy the NFL, I hope you did something that you are fucking super passionate about. And I hope you had a moment of silence for uh, the September 11th victims and all the people who fought for our country since then over that ridiculous, preposterous, uh, terrible day. All right. Here we go. Oh, now you understand why I played Freddie Mercury, don't you? Because he's gay. Ooh!